friends, I must tell you, I know the place to go if you need house audio, TV installation, security monitoring. I am telling you, these people are so, so good that I cannot wait to share them with you. AVS Concepts is the place to get all of these things taken care of. They're the experts in audio video. If you are entertaining and you need music, call them. If you just purchased a new house and you want to have security, you've got to call them. They are the best at all of this for you. I am so excited to share them with you. They are new sponsors for the podcast. You will not not regret having them in your house. They can put anything up and create the most amazing surround sound. I am telling you, when I watch my movies, I like to watch them with surround sound. And thanks to AVS Concepts, I can do that. Follow them at their Instagram account, AVSC underscore HTX, or you can also find them at their website, avcschouston.com, and tell them that Alicia from Vines by Alicia sent you, and they will take care of you, I promise you. Welcome back, everyone. We are back to season eight. It is such an exciting time because we are bringing you guys some new content, some new episodes, a lot of great stuff going on this season. I am really excited because today I am going to be talking to you all about something that, uh, that's that been on my mind and something that we've been uh, discussing over, over the last two and a half years when I've been doing the podcast and uh, a topic that keeps coming up every single time that I do, uh, that I ask people, what do you guys want to know more about or what do you want to listen more on? And this is one of those topics that keeps coming up. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm really happy to have you. This is a new season, season eight. We're going hard and strong and we cannot wait to share the vibes with all of you. So today our talk will be about dating. So we are going to talk about and we're going to cut right through the chase and we're going to say, we're going to tell you what we're doing. What is it that Rusk and I think that singles should... I'll do that. (laughs) What do Rusk and I think that singles should actually be doing if they want to be in a long-term relationship? And in this episode, I am joined by my husband, Rusk. Say hi. Hello, hello, hello. I'm back. You wanted to be introduced. There you go. I just wanted to start talking. No, we're not just talking. I'm introducing. The, The question that I'm posing for everyone today is, what do you and I think that singles should actually be doing if they want to be in a long-term relationship. And we're also joined by my producer, Jamal. Hello. Jamal. Jamal has been my producer for a while now. We have been working together at least five plus years, right, Jamal? It's been a really long time. (laughs) I'm here for emotional support, so. We feel like we've known Jamal since he was uh, 18. I know. He just got to U of H. What, you know, he feels kind of like our son, right? Like yeah, he's he our does. son. You guys have been like, he's an adoptive, adopted son. He's a, he's it's a great, great guy, and he's going to bring in what I think the single, the man. single perspective. He's dating yeah. someone now, but we've kind of known him for the most part as somebody. 
Oh, and he has some single um, dating ideas that he wants. Definitely, oh, I yeah. want him to join in and share with us. For sure, for sure. Because we know we're not it. single. We've been married for 20 years. <laughs> Feels like, I think it was last century. Yeah. You guys right? haven't been out in the trenches <laughs> no, in quite trenches. a while. We, were, we, we started dating <laughs> when the internet was still in its infancy. Yeah. And so dating sites were... You didn't even have a, an email account we when we, an email we started account. dating. We had flip phones. Yeah. Texting wasn't available. And, you know, dating sites were half a generation away. My God. Right. You know, the In first thing course, that came up was like Match.com. And I remember right. that because right. my sister joined, yeah. I think it was like early 2000, yeah. 2003. Yeah, like yeah something right. like that. But that was still kind of, you know, it was primitive to what... <laughs> You know, but you know, this, this episode today, I think is important because not only number one, people are always interested in what we think, or what is our advice in terms of dating, because they say, I want to know how you guys met, how did you connect? How is it that you guys make it work over the long term? You know, and it's a conversation that just keeps popping up. And, and as much as Gosh, I try to postpone like, the dating and relationship stuff. It just, it's something that people really want to know more about. And I think it's right. something that you and I can definitely contribute on and definitely talk about it. But we're, I think today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about those um, things that you all put on your checklist that you want and you want to check them all off and you want 100% what's on your checklist. And what we're here to say is, honestly, you do not need 100% of what's on your checklist. We watched a show recently Indian matchmaking and it really made us think about this topic because we have so many thoughts on this show it really makes us think about where young people are coming from in terms of their mindset and and when it comes to dating and a lot of them want to be matched up but when it comes to actually being matched up so many of them have so many criteria and requirements that it makes us crazy yes it does and so that that's that show is really good to watch because it's uh the clash of really two civilizations, East and the West. And as we all know, kind of in the West, it's kind of more of like a social libertarianism, individual dating scene, where romance comes first, finances come second. Uh, you know, the motion is there at the beginning. And in the East, it's mostly the economics, it's the, uh, it's the goals, and the romance comes, you know, it's secondary. And so in that Indian matchmaking, you have second and third generation uh, Indians in this case, mm-hmm. where they are exposed, they were raised with parents that are from India mm-hmm. and that are trying to impose Eastern dating cultures while their kids are raised in the West. Mm-hmm. And so you, there, there's a clash. There's this, there's this conflict that's going on where they are required to check all these boxes first and the emotions coming second. But... We all know it's almost it's it's almost impossible because the very first time you meet somebody, it's mm-hmm. always physical and emotional before you get into the uh, the know, intellectual part. Intellectual yeah. part before you start checking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. So that, it makes that show interesting to watch because they're constantly in conflict. It's like a cognitive dissonance situation going on. You're being torn because you want to have uh, somebody that's making you know it's, it's financially sound. You want to have somebody has the same goals with kids or the same amount of kids or or they want to do great things in this world. But, you know, you still got to see the person every day. You got to click with them and you got to be attracted to them. But that's not necessarily what they kind of want, but they don't want. Right, right. So I think one of the things that we we definitely looked at and, and, and considered as we were talking about this episode was 
the the differences between what the older generations who have been married for 20, 30, 40 years, what they considered valuable characteristics in terms of like a match and what the young younger people are considering as requirements, as characteristics for something that they want in a match. And, you know, where you and I kind of came in and we were like, you know, we need to do an episode because what we're trying to say today and the, the question that we're trying to answer for you all is... You know, you are focusing on the wrong things. You're focusing a lot on superficial things. And in order to have a long-term relationship, there's a lot of other things that are more intrinsic and that actually happen over time. They don't they don't match up immediately on the first date. The first time you and I met, I think we we met we met and we kind of connected mentally. You you were one of those people that had a thousand questions for me the first time we met. And you've ne- right. you you knew a little bit about me because my sister had right. s- had told you about me yeah. a little bit. I think because we were all at the same school, we all yeah. were were college sweethearts, so we all know each other from school. Yeah. But you kind of jumped in really strong that day, and you asked me, I think maybe 10, 15 questions. Well, I've always I've always believed that in you like really want to get to know somebody, you got to know about them. Because it's you know, the conversation was I remember I knew that you were an education major. We went to a small university, but it kinda knew each other. St. Thomas University. St. Thomas University. I happened to know your sister because uh, you know, we had the same circle of friends and you were in grad school, I was undergrad. Alicia for the record is two years older than me. She still gets carded. And uh <laughs> So I just, I knew that you're an education major. I was an economics and finance major. And, and some of my you know, courses and my material overlapped into education and public finance. So I had, you know, I was kind of prepared with the question because I knew you were coming. Veronica, our mutual friend where we met, uh, told me you were coming. And I, you know, kind of how things went. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it was different back then. It was different back then. Right. So we're talking about 1998, 1999. Right. Oh, yeah, 1998. And I think one of the questions that Russ, when I literally walked into the door and he goes, oh, I know you. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And so because my sister told him everything about me. (laughs) So when I sat down, he literally sat down right next to me and just would not budge. Like he wanted to know everything about me, wanted to know who I was. So just just so everybody knows, here's the nerdiest pickup line. But it worked for 22 years. I knew she was an education major, and I asked her what I what she thought about a particular proposition in the California education system. And we haven't stopped talking since then. It was, yeah. it was actually, I remember the day, it was September 18th, around 7 p.m., 1998. We didn't talk that next day, Saturday, but then I had called you that Sunday, which was September 20th, actually around 7 p.m. as well. And then we never stopped talking since that, since that day. Right. And that was my pickup line. Wasn't and it wasn't anything. Uh, <laughs> wasn't hey, you look good in those shoes, or you look good in that hair. You looking good these days? I figure you know, girls are emotional. They're mental before they're physical. Got to get, got to get to them. You got to, you got to find something they like before you. You uh, jump into the hard conversation. I, I went straight to the hard conversations. You know I figured, what? I figured if you're a grad student, you're yeah. an education major, uh-huh. you'd appreciate a question like that, especially if you're a grad student. You mm-hmm. weren't a freshman or sophomore. You were way past that, and uh, it worked. It did. It worked because then at that time, I was like, oh, this guy's, like, interested in education, and it really piqued my interest. I thought, oh, okay, I can definitely have a conversation with him. And it wasn't – there was – honestly, from my end, there was there was no, like, 
like interest right. yet. I think I was just meeting someone at a party and just having a conversation. But I think Rusk had another ulterior, ulterior motive. He wanted to know more about me because he wanted to see if maybe I would be the kind of girl that he thought I was going to be because I think he already had his eyes on me and wanted to kind of know a little bit more about me. But at that time, I didn't know anything about him. I had no idea. I was just kind of jumping in on the conversation with him and just going along, going with the flow. And, um, you know, if people like talk, like these young people talk about, oh, I want him to be funny. I want him to be witty. He wasn't funny. He wasn't witty. He was very witty, very smart, very bright. But there was, we didn't really laugh. We had more of like intellectual conversations at the beginning. And honestly, I think if you would have not, if if we would have not met um, uh, mentally at that point, right. it could have been a problem. But yeah. I think we did right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, a lot, right? a lot of the time we come across girls and they want a funny guy. And the funny is, is good, but but there's there's serious challenges in life, right? There's, you want to have kids, you want to, you have a job, you have, there's, life is stressful. Sometimes you have things that happen to to yourself. You got to be on the same mental framework to get through those challenges. And funny people, that's good. I mean, there's, there's times to be funny, there's times to be social, there's Fridays and Saturdays, there's, social hours and stuff like that, but it's not end-all or be-all, is he a funny guy? Because, you know, funny yeah. is not going to solve your problems. Right. I uh, mean, yeah. but that is kind of the number one thing a yes. lot of people look for. Yes. Like, like that's the end. That is yeah. the one thing that they connect with, especially on, like, online dating platforms. You have to be very witty to even, you know, crack the you know, get your foot in the door. Right. If you don't have like a witty, like one liner in your bio or have a funny mm -hmm. picture mm -hmm. or, you know, like you're not even being seen. Yeah. And, you know, today dating is kind of more like invisible in some ways, like in person, it's harder to like just meet people organically, like how you guys yeah. met like that, you know, he had it in, but you guys like met organically and were able right. to like build right. something from there. These, I, oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, these days, most people tend to meet either online or at a club or at a bar, very impersonal type of things. And, you know, it's hard to really get to know somebody in those environments. But you guys had right. that opportunity. Well, that, that used to be, that still was back then, it was clubs or bars or schools or your workplace or the gym. Those mm -hmm. were kind of the top five places I can think of that you had to meet somebody. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Jamal? I think that the main issue today is that you don't have to go out of your way to meet somebody. I think somebody comes right to you, and then there's so many options with dating sites. Swipe left and swipe yeah. right, and yeah. you look at somebody. They don't look good, or they don't have the criteria that you had mentioned about they got to be funny, they got to be witty just to get into the door. Yeah. And But there's just so much more that people can offer if you just took the time to get to know to them. Know them. And yeah. that's what, in our, in our generation, we had to get to know people. We didn't have that that platform that was easily accessible to us. So we had to learn to be flexible. And I don't think that's, I think that's the, I think that's the pitfall with dating sites. It brings you all these possibilities. Then because you have so many possibilities, you don't have to try very hard. Yeah. That's not only just dating sites, but just like social media in general, right. because nowadays everybody's life is just out in the open and you're able to see people that, you know, people that you don't know living these extravagant lives or just, you know, extravagant, interesting lives. Uh, I've, I've known some people, me included that, you know, it's like you, you might be feeling somebody on, um, you know, you met them at some place and then you go and check their Facebook, you check their Twitter, Instagram. And then they're like, you're like, Whoa, I am, 
out of their league or they are living such an interesting life. How can I even measure up to that? Like, you know, sometimes like uh, people take themselves out of the game first before they can, you know, even get a chance to get in. So. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with 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 dating nowadays. I think there has to be a point where you disconnect yourself from that that social. Because I do know people like a lot of the people that were on the show. They go straight into their Instagram and they look at their photos and they're like, "Oh, he doesn't look like the photos on his Instagram." You know, he shows up and I'm catfish because he doesn't look that way, and I, I mean, thought he was taller, that, more handsome. That is like, <laughs> you how know. often does that happen? Jim? It happens a lot. I mean, there's a this, whole this show cat, called cat, Catfish. That's, seriously, this is a this is a yeah. it's almost like a like an epidemic or something. No, it's it's a whole thing, and it's like you know my my roommate uh, slash friend. He had a whole thing where it's like he would uh, match with somebody on a dating app, and then immediately go into reconnaissance mode, like go find their Instagram, find their Twitter, like ha- like are these pictures actually representative of you know like what they had on their dating profile. Is that what is in real life? How are they living? What is their career? Mm -hmm. Because also that's like if they don't tell you that on the dating app, let's say you bring all you're able to bring all of that like on the first date, like when you actually meet them. Information overload, I Mm -hmm. think it it is. And I think it overstimulates and over it overcompensates for the things that the people are looking for. Um, and so if you're seeing somebody and you're like, oh, she's way out of my league. She looks really cute in that photo. And there's no way I could ever be with her. You're thinking already you've already you've already taken yourself out of the game. You've already determined that she's not worthy of you. You're not worthy of her. Uh, you can't uh, make it work. There's no way I can be with her. Look at the travel she does. Look at where she's you know going to eat. I could never take her to a restaurant like that. And I think that is the worst thing you can do because a lot of times what we're posting on social media isn't isn't the the greedy. It's the beautiful, the most uh, wonderful parts about it. It's always the best parts. It's of your always life. the best parts, mm. no matter what. And 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 no matter if people become say no, be vulnerable on social media. You're not going to be completely vulnerable because nobody wants to see somebody crying and hysterical and and shitty and like in the worst circumstances. Nobody wants to see that on social media. You're not going to be followed if that's the person you are. Um, but I think in terms of like, you know, going back to the topic, we we were looking at, you know, well, so many youngsters, so many younger people are looking, and it's not even that young, 30s and 40s. They they are looking at things that to me and to Russ, for both of us, are, are seemingly so superficial that really don't lead to like values that really work in a long-term relationship no they don't they don't they don't translate into anything productive uh i mean it's just it's just too rigid it seems like it's the, other rigid. Day, the other day we were talking to some friend and there was a checklist of you have to gotta have a master's degree gotta have a phd gotta be able to uh, they have to travel they not only have to travel but they need them to climb uh a mountain they got to be very active physically active and they got to have a successful business and mm-hmm. that is a, a lot to ask for in somebody why can't it just be a successful business and a nice guy and then maybe over time yes, yes. you know maybe this maybe this guy wants to uh isn't to you know he's into traveling but he doesn't necessarily want to climb a volcano but maybe you can convince him to do a volcano over and then time. and then over time mm-hmm. you can you'll do something that he wants to do and so, and that's that's the essence of a relationship. Yeah. That's the essence of, I know this is a cerebral world, cerebral word, or procure a relationship, is that you got to find, you want to grow together. You want to do things 
or you learn from another person. You don't want a person exactly like yourself because that because if you are the type of person that is a go-getter, that is an achiever, that wants to better themselves every single day, be a little bit better than every day they were before, then you have to give and you have to understand that you can't, uh, you don't want to find somebody exactly like yourself because then there's no growth there. If you find somebody with a different experience, with a different culture, with a different background, you still get to learn from that person because they have a lot to attribute to society, to their relationship, you personally. I, but I think a lot of people aren't looking for that growth. They're just looking for somebody that they could be with either to date or, you know, right. like, you know, they, they already have that checklist of, you know, oh, he needs to have a master's and he needs to be a CEO and he's making like six plus figures or whatever. Um, you know, there is no growth. I mean, there is, but there, there really isn't a lot of growth after that. They expect you to be ready and like, okay, like now your life, our lives can start together. And yeah. I don't know if that really works out in terms of, uh, well, why is that? Why, why, why is it? Why has it changed? It's the other day uh, when we were talking about this before the podcast. Sociologist reporting on the I was reading an article, Financial Times. Uh, mar- marital rates are dropping. Um, birth uh, rates. Birth rates are dropping, and you know it's just it's not there. But the thing is, that's okay if you just want to date and you don't want to have a long term relationship. That's the great thing about living in the West, not necessarily in the East. Mm-hmm. Living in the West is that you don't have to commit yourself because mm-hmm. no one's really it's not frowned upon. Mm-hmm. It's not forced on you. It is kind of forced by some parents that do want to have grandkids, but not to the intensity as it is in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And okay, you don't want to have a relationship, but the next thing that's coming out of their mouths is, "I want to get married. I want to have kids." They're not doing what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Why is yeah. that? What I think of a lot is my friend and she just has a giant checklist of uh things that they need to have like when they go into a relationship nothing's ever good enough nothing ever like nothing's ever good enough nothing will ever like really check off all the all the boxes or if they do like as soon as like one thing comes off it's like completely like the relationship is completely invalid. Like uh, they went, she went into a relationship. I'm just thinking of my friend. She went into a relationship uh, with a guy and they hit it off really well. I thought it was toxic as fuck, but <laughs> they hit it off really well. And uh, a couple months later, she found out that uh, he wanted to have kids. Like that was her whole thing. Like, yes, they want to have kids, but his timetable and her timetable didn't match at all. Mm-hmm. And that was like the immediate deal breaker mm-hmm. instead of like talking through it or like maybe, you know, just considering like, yeah, maybe it'll be better later on or like. Yeah, what? I think that's the point. The point is younger people are not committed to being flexible and and saying, you know what, maybe I can change a little bit about who I am, a little bit about my rigidity and not be so obsessed on having certain things happen at the right at the time that I need them to be. And I think that's the problem with her. It's like she maybe the timeline wasn't the same mm, yes. in terms of birth. The timeline wasn't the same. Yeah. Like because she was like, yo, let's have like if this, she wanted them now, like pretty much within the like next two years or but so. But Jamal, that's also biological because oh, women yeah, also no. have to have kids. 100%. By a certain... But, yeah. you know, as like in his position, he's not necessarily, you know, constrained by those restrictions. Like he doesn't necessarily have the biological clock that a lot of women are concerned about. So when his timetable was like 
another 10 years. Right. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. okay. I want you to meet my favorite bilingual realtor, Elmer Garcia. You all know that a passion of mine is real estate investing, and having a great realtor by your side is essential. Elmer knows the city of Houston like the back of his hand, and not only is he highly regarded by his clients, but also by the professionals in his field. I can tell you from experience that he is attentive, trustworthy, thorough and detail-oriented. He knows what I like, y'all, and seeks out opportunities for finding the right property for me. His services range from residential real estate to commercial and investment. He will guide you the entire way. I can tell you that. You can email him at elmerg.realtor at gmail.com or call him at 832-512-5752 or you can also find him on Instagram, elmergarcia underscore real estate. And don't forget, anything real estate is his forte. Yeah, it was, it was a little different. It sounds like it's so tough out there. Mm-hmm. It is, but, but can I just say this real quick yeah. before we get into the next topic? I think it's so important that when you do find someone that you love and you're connected with them and everything else about the relationship is great. Maybe that one part isn't. I think one thing that we've discovered over 22 years of marriage is that Russ will give in to something that I want and I will give in to something that he wants. Even if the timeline isn't great for him, but if he loves her, he will jump in on that timeline for her. That's really the difference. I think we make sacrifices, we make adjustments, we compromise through a relationship yeah, to make each other happy. Right? Yes. I mean, mar- marriage is like a job. Like, it's like uh, it's like anything else you do. It's, it's like going to the gym. It's like trying to uh, perform at something that you are required to perform at and be good at it. No one tells you you have to be married. But you got to be good at your job. Otherwise, you're going to get let go, right? Somebody's going to replace you that can do a better job. And marriage is a job. Yeah. And, and it's, an, it's, a kind of, it's a different kind of job. And why not be good at it? You yeah. go to work and you want to be good at your job. So the only way you're going to be good at trying to make a relationship work is you got to be flexible, you got to compromise, um, tolerant. You got to tolerant and you got to communicate. And I think people will say, like people who are listening the, uh, to the episode right now, they're like, "Gosh, you're taking the romanticism out of it. No. The romantic component <laughs> comes later right. as you guys achieve." some sort of stability i think they say god you're like taking out the happy the good the fun all you're saying is you gotta compromise no that's that's compromising is later on i think the romanticism should be there at the beginning what we're learning from the show is particularly in the eastern cultures there is no romanticism it's all cerebral all very uh perfunctory process they have to get there and then maybe the romanticism will work out yes that's not what i'm saying yes romanticism has to be there from the beginning and there may not be anything else uh that's going on initially mentally in a relationship but if the romanticism is there beginning you may be able to find the rest of it going that's you got, yeah if you got one thing going for mm-hmm. you work on that one thing mm-hmm. and then see if you can get the other things to go yeah. for you as well yeah. And they take time. What 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 I think what we're we're realizing with with young people who are out dating, I think they want that checklist to be checked off right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, but that also like, I feel like it comes with like economic 
uncertainty or just uncertainty in general mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, you have to spend a really long time to kind of build your career yes, or build, right. you know, kind of a base to be successful or to have like um, a family. It's hard to, you know, be working at, you know, in between jobs, if you're working at McDonald's or it's like, she's also not establishing her career and then you guys want to have kids. Like that's, it's a, it's a really tough place to be. So I feel like a lot of people either wait or they just hope that their significant other already has that established Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. way they can grow later. But then that also means the relationships tend to, yeah, yeah. But like they're trying to grow together in different ways because they feel that they're already established in their career and personal lives. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. they want to just fully focus on a, relationship possibly yeah what i hear a lot from is almost reminds me of the college syllabus it's like this is chapter one and this is chapter two this is chapter three and then you're going to go down i'm going to get married and we're going to travel and then we're going to have kids and our jobs are going to be this i'm like it doesn't always you know there's there's a lot of obstacles that come into this world what if you can't get pregnant what if Mm -hmm. uh, you have some biological issues with that that doesn't work out how are you guys going to take on that challenge and face it together and uh that's you know a lot of the time Relationships fall apart when it comes to that because they didn't have what it took in the beginning, that flexibility of working and growing together. You know, it's an obstacle. We're going to find a way around it. People just kind of give up on it because they think that it's just going to work out for them. And you can't think this going to work out unless you don't have the preconditions to think that you're flexible from the beginning. And if you're flexible from the beginning, then you can find somebody to have a relationship with. You have these predetermined ideas mm-hmm. of what this relationship would be, and then then you have a kink in the road somewhere because you're going to have a kink in the road. Mm-hmm. How are you going to handle that kink? Mm-hmm. The predisposition for handling that kink has to be there from the beginning. Yeah, and I see what what Jamal is also saying. I think Jamal is also saying that there's generational differences in terms of how we grew up when we were Gen Xers and the way the millennials and Gen Zs are growing up now, and the different circumstances in terms of. Um, job opportunities, in terms of housing opportunities, in terms of like what, you know, the the, the job uh, is giving, right. is providing at this point, the way that people are, are are growing. I think a lot of younger people are really making time for, for themselves. They are more in tune with their self-care. They're more in tune with getting therapy. I think when we were growing up, we were told like, you go to work and you shut up and you don't say anything and you keep grinding and grinding and grinding. Therapy was taboo. And mm-hmm. yeah, and back then, yeah, we didn't do that. And I think that's that's a great thing for for young people to have, and that's a great opportunity that I think we missed out on that we didn't have those things. But at the same time, I think overthinking and overanalyzing one relationship, one meetup with someone can really derail a relationship that can have a lot of potential. Yeah, I have experience with this because typically when I'm even thinking about a potential relationship, I have like a lot of big questions on my mind. Like, Oh, like what is it going to be like with her family or what is it going to be like for us, you know, in the future, where are we going to live or, you know, does she want kids? And all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of time, you know, like you kind of just have to, you know, go out on a limb and, and just, it. and just go with yeah. it right. and just, you know, like those, co- those questions will come up, but I guess if you're like committed to the relationship, yes. you guys will tackle them together. Yes. So, right. Yeah. And you those, tackle them together. Yes. Right? You tackle them together. You got to work. If you, if you like somebody and you have a few things in common, work on those things that you have in common and work and what you don't have in common or it's not jiving 
guys, if there's flexibility, you can eventually find your way that you can satisfy both partners you know, years down the road. And those questions, Jamal, I think those are questions that younger people are asking themselves a lot. And I think a lot of those answers are not there yet. And I think they are stopping themselves from pursuing a relationship because those answers right. are not there for them. And I think what they need to realize, and this is the advice that we are trying to give you guys, is that you don't have to have those answers from the beginning. Those are, those are answers that can come along the way and that can be tackled as a partner, that can be tackled as a relationship. Those are things that when love is there and you love someone and you are committed to the relationship, those issues, whatever it is, whether it's where we're going to live, you know, uh, where are we going to raise our kids, those are going to be issues that are going to be dealt with in a more mature way, in a in a synergy with a synergy between the two people. Well, Jamal, in your generation, I know I read about this a lot. Mm -hmm. In my son's generation, is hard to find decent work. It's hard to find wages that are livable wages, and how much of that your experience in dating that play a role in finding somebody because ultimately they say finances isn't important, but finances is important. Money has to kind of be there. There has to be some level of comfort. You don't have to worry about that because otherwise if you're living from paycheck to paycheck, then it becomes very stressful. You yeah. can't focus on the relationship. There are a lot of changing mindsets in terms of, you know, women like in the workforce and like what is there uh, you know, how do they contribute to relationships? Like typically towards the end of marriage, like for example, like how typical was it, uh, for the man to be the, the, the breadwinner bread and the provider and, you know, he pays for everything. Like there are still people that think like that. So that's part of, uh, things that, you know, people have to deal with. Um, but you know, talking from talking as somebody that hasn't had his life put together for a while, it's challenging when you're dating somebody and, you know, it's like, sure, you can go to a restaurant or you can go and do these things. But like over time, it gets really expensive. It, co it costs a lot of money. And then like after a while, you spend more time you know, together by yourselves. You, you have to learn how to make fun with yourselves or be able to, like, just do things that don't require a lot of money. Yeah, and yeah. that can be challenging. Like, if you love to go out to museums or go to eat at the fanciest restaurants, well, it's, you know, if I can't do that. <laughs> right, know? but there's also the pressure that you see other people doing it. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of FOMO that goes on, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, like, oh, well, they just went there. Why can't we go there? Yeah. And that's that's rough. Right, right. And I think that's a that's a good point that that you're making. I think there's the pressure to to have everything right. settled and done and re realized. But I think in terms of when it comes to finding someone when you're dating and you're you're discovering yourself and you're going out there, I think you know I go back to what Seema said. If you get sixty to seventy yeah, percent right. of what's on your checklist, yes. you're doing good. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people refuse that. A lot of right. women that are high that are high achieving women women will say. No, I want 100%. I deserve 100%. I'm 100% of a person. And I think that is, that's, that's, that's counterproductive. That isn't helpful to you. I am a high achieving woman, right. but that doesn't mean that I cannot compromise because my husband doesn't, you know, meet certain things. I love to dance, Jamal. I'm a dancer and Rusk doesn't dance. I wasn't going to kick him out the curb just because he doesn't go dancing with me, right. even though that's a big part of my life. Like, I would dance all the time. We go dance. I go dan I used to go dancing, like, every... 
part of your it was part of my culture where I grew up, my upbringing exactly. Um, and so other women, younger women, would be like, "No, that's no way. There's no way." Like, how am I going to be dating a guy who doesn't like to dance? But guess what? He will join me at a club and just sit there and have a drink and what's be happy for me because I'm dancing. He will take me home and he would be in the car. He's like, "You have fun." I said, "I had so much fun." I have is that I, it's but it's again. Don't throw away someone because they don't meet right. all the freaking expectations. So, but the question I had is 100%, how's that working out for them? I guess it's not. Yeah, because in the mid-30s, most of these women on the show, guys, still haven't found anybody. It's not, it's not working for but, them. But if they're high-achieving women and they're highly educated women, and part of having an education is to be able to think on a deeper level, why are they not uh, checking themselves and realizing, you know, not uh, what I'm doing is not working, I have to do something else? Yeah, yeah. I, like I, it's it's really tough to find like a really nice balance. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine where she, you know, she's like, I work, you know, 60 hours a week. I make my own money. She has her own place. Like, w- what does she need a guy for? Mm-hmm. Or like, or if a guy is going to be there, like, what is what is enriching her life? Like, how can like is and she really wants somebody to pamper her. Like, she's like, okay, if I'm working really hard, I need somebody to come home and, like, rub my toes or, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. go and grab all the groceries. Yeah, yeah, and set up a nice bath for me. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, that is something that she needs. I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know if that's something <laughs> that uh, people are, like, super, like, into or if that is, like, her end-all, be-all, but... I do feel that that is going to be an obstacle for her like over time because not everybody's into that. Like, no, but not only, not only are they not into that, but they can be into it as time goes on Mm -hmm. and you talk about the things that you enjoy and you want done for you. Um, There's things that, you know, when we first got married, we didn't know about each other. And I think two, three, four years along the way, we discovered things about each other that were, you know, just they, they could have been deal breakers. Twenty if years you later, I'm still going to be <laughs> You never cease to surprise or amaze. So There's you, always something new. You better not say what it is. I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, that's that's the great thing about a relationship is you discover things new and it kind of always keeps it uh, fresh. Yeah, you know, but I think what in terms of, of, of like the things that connected us were like big values. Big, big, big values. We talked about religion right from the start. We talked about family right from the start. We talked about parenting styles and what we thought about that. Fine. fine. We matched, but, I just, I just but we say, were not well, completely matched 100% you, we on everything. Exactly. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, we weren't. But I'm saying we talked about those right. things, but we were not 100%. Right, we're not 100%. No. We weren't 100% lined on a lot of those things. We found a middle-of-the-road approach to you know one thing that in our relationship that always pops up is money because i grew up very very poor so the way the hang-ups that i have about money the way that i spend my money the way that i behave around money mm. is very different from uh, what he has so that's always been an adjustment for us for the last 22 years adjusting that mentality because i still kind of bring that baggage of how i was raised but along the way rusk has taken you know has 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 been able to manage that and realize, you know what, I'm extremely frugal. I'm extremely resourceful in, in those time, those years where we were growing the first 10, 15 years where we were really growing and like 
pushing, pushing hard on like what we wanted for ourselves. That was when I, I, I my instinct as, as a, as a saver, man, that right. like really, really came in handy because we were super savers at that time. We were like really intense about making sure that we had um, what we needed in the long term. Jamal, when you when you're out there dating, how often do you see uh, people put a put up an armor, put up a shield, mm-hmm. to where you they don't want you to really they don't really want you to get to know them. I mean, I could include myself. <laughs> I include myself in that. Like, yeah, yeah it happens. Like, uh, but what, what's the what's the underlying? I know this is probably a deep psychological question. Uh, but what what uh, I don't know. I'm I'm an easy to get to know person. I have I can be temperamental. I can be I get frustrated really intense. quick. Intense. I can be demanding. But you know, in most condi- most situations throughout the day. You know, I can make friends pretty easily. I, I let, I, I'm kind of an open book. I let people ask me questions. I really don't withhold information back. But, with, but I think a lot of time, when, particularly in this Indian show, there's a few, a few participants on there, and they put up this, like, Great Wall of China kind of armor, and you really you really got to mm-hmm. spend time and energy, and I think that's a turnoff. Yeah, I think that that appears a lot, especially in online dating, where that first date you try to present the best version of yourself. I feel like that is a really bad way to date <laughs> because yeah. if you start yeah. that way and then, you know, it falls away later and they're going to be like, what happened? Uh, for me specifically, when it comes to other people getting to know me, the wall is high because I've had a lot of, you know, that that's a lot of traumas and a lot of, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a lot of self-reflection on, you know, do people really want to get to know me? How transactional is this relationship? What like what are the goals of this relationship? And so like ultimately when I had those kinds of like dates, you know, I kept a very surface level and they didn't get to know me. And maybe it didn't work out because of that. But I mean, it also happens both ways. I've definitely seen it's, you know, hey, let's go to a bar and then just drink the night away. And don't really talk about anything substantial mm-hmm. or of substance. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it goes like it can be hard to to break through yeah. for me, especially, um, but it can be hard in general. Like I always keep going back to online dating. It's so impersonal. The The amount of for women, the amount of men, I think they were saying it's like on most dating apps, women are outnumbered something like eight to one, like eight guys to one girl. So what? it's it's really high. I thought it was the other way. No. <gasps> wow. There are there are way more guys than there are girls. And so when well, there's most guys Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when there's so many guys <laughs> when there's so many guys, it's it's so easy to, you know, be able to swipe left or right. So girls can choose, you know, like what is their fancy and like you know, I've had I had months where I'd swipe and I wouldn't like get one match or I maybe get like two or three. And then I'm talking to my 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 female friends and they're like, yeah, I had like 10 matches today mm. and like and I had 10 matches today. One of them just sent me a dick pic. Ah, so <laughs> annoying. Like this, the filter that they have to go through from the jump is enormous. Wow. So like. That's that's a really big part. So it's like once you like pretty much you're tearing down walls from the jump, like when it comes to online dating, like you're trying to, you know, get past the surface level, like level, like, hey, how are you doing or what are you into? Right. Like, 
Yeah, uh, I see it a lot of a lot of conversations where they would say um, hi and good morning. That's not good enough. Like, what what else are you bringing to the table? Like, how can you like how are you how well are you going to get to know me? And if you get to know me well enough, then maybe we'll go on a date and meet yeah. up in person. So there there it's really hard to break through um, when it comes to online dating, when it comes to me. Like it's 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 a, it's a challenge that I think. Um, a lot of single people these days either don't know how to do or they just... Well, what if they let go of all those barriers? What if they did not allow those barriers to interfere with their dating? Um, when that happens, and my my friend's experience is they, like, if they let those barriers go away, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they meet up with a guy and mm-hmm. then he sexually assaults her mm-hmm. or... He's a gigantic douchebag, like, mm. you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a safety issue for, for women, especially like I, and yeah, I really like empathize. Right, so right. it's, and mm-hmm. so it's a lot harder for guys to break through that, is, that barrier. Is there anything online, any kind of research about, um, date? Like you can like review yes, like a yeah, guy yeah. like hey this guy I mean, yeah what? like give him a one star <laughs> yeah like a one star yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think Is I've it? seen no. it no I don't think I, I, I don't I, I know that sounds probably like a ridiculous question but I've never looked at a dating site obviously I have no reason to but uh, I just I just mean popped in you my can head you right can now. obviously report somebody like if they right. do like do something bad then you you can report them you can get their account banned but in general I guess that would that would be the demise of a dating site if you did it yeah then people would just all off the radar yeah. right? that would be the way yeah, yeah and there's a lot of revenge sites too right. where people you know do do revenge right. so there's posting. no there's no one star that guy that girl yeah wouldn't that be she's nice she's a complete bitch or something like that well that, that would probably be terrible too <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can imagine like that that's just uh, like another so thing on no the internet so there's no thread or there's no there's no uh, mm-hmm. chat site or something that no. you don't Everybody's a blank slate when you first meet them. Yeah, I mean, like the the biggest trail you have when it comes to dating and anything is just what you put out there on the internet. And the internet's forever. So, like, if you want to do the research and reconnaissance, like my other friend would do, and you know, maybe he would find out at first that yeah, it's not worth dating this one person. But Mm -hmm. in general. Like I was saying, when I when I think about my my women friends, when she just went, oh man, I just got an unsolicited dick pic, and I'm like, are you gonna do anything about that? She's like, no, I'll just block them and move on. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's it's too. I much. think it's because it happens so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's another day. Yeah, really boggles my mind. So let's go back to the to the topic, and and let's finish this up with. Sure. What are we seeing as ourselves, you and I, for 22 years, are the long-term values that people should be really looking at and focusing on instead of all the other stuff? No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to pause it on what our values are and post it upon other people or suggest it. Okay, Everybody's well, what, what suggestions can you, I just, I'm can just, you I'm just going to go give? back. I just think that people shouldn't put in, they shouldn't have an armor when they meet somebody, think that mainly is a turnoff because you got to if you want to meet somebody you got to get to know them and if you're not allowing people to get to know you then you can't uh you can't uh, expect them to you like you or like two, take it right. to the next level and yeah. the other thing is, is the same thing i've had with so many people i've met over the last five years since i've left the shop that are single is that there's just a lack of flexibility i think it's the whole check it's the checklist thing it goes back to what we were talking about 
essence of why there is matchmaking shows on TV because people can't find anybody and it's the same consistent message over and over and over is that there's so many uh, rigidities, so many uh, requirements that people are looking for and they just won't budge on it. And it's just mind boggling to me because you're not looking for somebody like yourself. And why would you, why would you look for somebody identical self? It's, it's like, mm. I don't know. It just, it, it's, I, it's almost like dating your sister or your brother. Yeah. And I think what, what's, what's brought us together is our differences too. I mean, they're, right. they're, they're mutual values that are really, really important to both right. of us. Well, that I mean, we don't budge. In, we won't budge on. And, and, and as much as other people would say, oh, you shouldn't have that. I don't right. know. Would you budge well, on I mean, something like not, what we, the, you, the big mean, values? Our, our value was we weren't, we're not, we're not religiously uh, fervent people. I'm an atheist. I don't really believe in any kind of superficial, supernatural. Yeah. Uh, I've read a lot of books on religious history. It's all, but I do understand why people adhere to that. I understand why people are religious. Mm-hmm, I understand mm-hmm. people have trauma. Religion helps them with that. And if, and if they don't have trauma, they just want to. They want to find that they want to find somebody that's a Muslim or a Christian or mm-hmm. a Jew or a Hindu. I, mean, I have no issues with that. It's not. It's that's that's one of our values. Another value is that we wanted to raise our kids in a very practical sense, not overwhelm them, let them mm-hmm. have a childhood, not do too many activities at once, mm-hmm. let them grow on their own. Let, let's nurture their strengths, let's uh, work on their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But not focus too much on their weaknesses, expecting our kids to be perfect. You yeah. know, let them kind of guide themselves in this world and find what they are passionate about. And then kind of, you know, be on the edges and let them know that there's rules, there's boundaries, there's, you know, certain things you have to do in certain situations, but right. not micromanage your kids. I think a lot of parents, what I see, are micromanaging their kids. They're bulldozing their kids through school. They want them to be... Uh, superstar athletes that want to be stellar students. And, you know, we have an older son that he's not a great student. He's great at what he's doing now. We have a younger son that's a great student, but we don't know how they're all going to turn right, up, right? They're right. Very, they're right. But I think the key is that you and I agreed on this this structure for ourselves. Yeah, we and we agreed right. on this philosophy for ourselves. But that's not the philosophy for other people. Right. But what I'm trying right. to say is for people to be able to have a relationship, there to has to be philosophy. commonalities on right. those philosophies. Right. Especially the big philosophies. But it doesn't have to be 100%. It doesn't have to be 100%. It does not have to be 100%. I think 60, 70%, like Seema said, is, is great. I think so. Because the other 30% or the other 20% grows over right. time. A Catholic can get along with a Christian. An Orthodox Jew can get along with a secular Jew. You know, secular Muslim can get along with the... I mean, I'm not marrying a Republican. There's no freaking way that's happening. But But that would be... That's you, but there's... there's We've actually known relationships that are fervent Republicans and fervent Democrats. But there's... What what you want to ask that question is, what else is working for you to overlook something that's typically important to people Mm -hmm. is their politics? There's the, there's an over there's an overachieving there's an umbrella right. Right. value system that right. they're adhering to and I think but, that's a beautiful thing a, too. And that's an, a good example that's to take a, from yeah. is to to get with those people and find out what's working when something that's so important to people mm-hmm. that they're still finding a way to make it work. I think yeah. they're a good example there. I love that. That's a great way to to, to, to end this episode. Yeah, ultimately just. Be able to find somebody that you can agree on, at least for the very fundamental parts of the basis of the relationship. And then you go from there. Like, sure, Mm -hmm. there might be things that you might disagree on or you might 
you know, you might have a challenge trying to uh, figure out, but, you know, if that base is solid, you have room to learn and to be yes. able to figure out all those other things. But, yeah, you know, you, you have to be willing to... You have to be willing, that's the key word. Yeah, that's you have to be willing to do that. But A lot of people, I don't think they're willing. I think they just want, they just want the easy pass, and that's not helping. So thank you so much for the oh, conversation. We had a great, 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 great talk. I think this is a good conversation to have, especially as um, so many people out there are looking for a partner, looking for partnership, looking for someone to, to, to experience life with. I think that's the beautiful part is that that's what you're trying to do. You're trying mm. to experience life with someone else to kind of bring, come along with you mm. on those journeys, on those um, special moments. You know, you always want to share those things with, with someone. But if this episode is something that's interesting to you, is something that, um, that you found specifically helpful, um, that you thought, wow, that, that comment is, is great, please let us know. You can always send us a DM, advised by Alicia on my Instagram. I also want you to know that uh, you can reach me at my personal account. You can reach me through my website, tbbyalicia.com. You are definitely someone that I care about, and I want to know more about what you're thinking. I want your feedback. Did you think this episode touched upon those things that you felt were strong, or should we you know, hone in on something else that you think is important? But before I go, I want to just remind you all that we do have a, uh, a patron's uh, opportunity for you all something called the vibes global insider and what you can be is an insider and you can come and support our podcast keep keep it thriving keep it moving forward you can join our, our subscriber um, community you we created um, education we've created experiences for you we have speakers resources you can get a shout out on the podcast you can also be a part of our workshops don't forget if you go to the website tbbyalicia.com you can be inspired you can come in and look at what we're doing in terms of our community with the vibes global insiders and you will get one-on-one -on -one chats with me every month and it could be about anything it could be about anything you want it to be let's get vibing join in if you want more information it's definitely going to be on the description and i just want to say thank you to my guest jamal thank you for being here for thank you on, for jamal. having me right. One of the younger i love it yeah. i love it jamal how are you how oh 33 i forget my age so are you a millennial yes okay cool yeah. love that <laughs> We what? have a millennial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we do love right our We love our millennials. Yeah. yeah, we love our Gen Zers. We love all of them. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Give us the feedback from you all. Bye. Bye.